You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands in the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Rachel McCrary, who is the founder of Gather Labs. Rachel, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Laurel. Thank you so much for having me. So full transparency to everyone listening in. As you all know, we've uh, we've created a fund called Fabric, and uh, Gather Labs is one of our very first investments, our very first SPVs. I'm so proud to be a part of your journey, Rachel. Um, and thank you for the opportunity to share what you're doing with our audience because it's pretty incredible. So why don't you share what Gather Labs is and what you guys do? Yes, and thank you so much for for joining our our team. We are very proud to have four uh, female investors on the Gather Labs investment side. Gather Labs is a modernized diagnostic experience focused on better patient care. We are a mini, you know, traditional lab, if you if you will, and we we result every test same day. So just like any other laboratory that you would go to when a doctor requested of you or when you think you have symptoms and you might be sick, or if someone says you might be exposed to something, you can come in and have a specimen collected and then we process all of our all of our tests on site. So you'll be resulted same day, usually actually in about three hours. Wow. That's incredible. What is a typical lab turnaround? Most tests are turned around in three hours. Some are a little bit sooner. Some take a little bit longer depending on the test or the panel. No, I mean tra- for traditional labs, because what you guys are doing is this incredible pro- proprietary process that's giving us these quick turnaround times that is a solution to a historical problem in this industry. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Traditional labs results on average three to 10 days. I actually just had a panel specialist that took three weeks. Wow. That's incredible. And the challenge there, especially in the era of COVID, is that you need these results much, much sooner. And you could be exposing other people to whatever it is, whether it's strep throat or COVID or whatever, uh, not having that knowledge base sooner, the results sooner could actually be extremely harmful. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, a lot of people may be listening and think like, why would it matter to me so much? Like, you know, I go to get a physical once a year and then, you know, the doctor the doctor sends sends the test back and, you know, I just get it when I get it. Right. But but there's a lot of groups of people who, you know, are are testing positive for various things or are having tests that are an- panels that are out of range. You know, I have autoimmune stuff. So, you know, my whole life I've always been like waiting for a lab test. A very good friend of mine actually died from a UTI that wasn't diagnosed fast enough, so she was put on a, the wrong antibiotics. Um, sometimes oh I know sometimes these can be you know life changing results. Uh, sexually transmitted infections are on the rise in several different groups, both um, you know in in college age, which has always been standard, but actually now in elder populations we have a huge spike in STIs. Chlamydia and gonorrhea are, I think, eight times more than 10 years ago in Los Angeles County. And then because of dating apps, 
we have on average four times more partners than we did say 20 years ago. So there are a lot of, I know. So there's a lot of reasons (laughs) to get information a little faster so you could be treated or, and possibly not expose others. Yeah, it's so important. And, you know, what's really exciting about what you're doing is that you're actually going up against some of the biggest companies that do this in the world. Um, We're not going to mention them because we don't care about them. But what brought you to this moment? You've had a really interesting entrepreneurial journey and path that brought you to building this company. But share with our audience a little bit about your background, which is very, very interesting to get to you to where you are today. I know, I know. I'm asked, I'm asked this a lot. It's it's pretty weird. So I'm a I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. My mom always says, you know, I, I came out that way. I can remember having entrepreneurial endeavors in high school where I made merch for bands and I, I actually made made clothes. I was a fashion design major in college and I had a corporate career in New York in in the lingerie industry. I have uh, I, I sold my first company when I was 29 to a billion dollar company, and I then created a bra called the RX bra. The RX bra is a medically effective bra that's also cute and comfortable. It has far infrared yarn, which improves breast health. Similar to the benefits of an infrared sauna, it's activated by your body heat, and overall just improves breast health. It's the number one bra used by plastic surgeons in the United States for post-op. So. After, um, you know, I had been selling that for for, uh, like six or seven years, I want to say, at the beginning of the pandemic in February of 2020, the plastic surgeons asked me to help them obtain uh, COVID tests and PPE. Uh, They knew that I lived in Hong Kong and that it was very entrepreneurial and could figure things out, which is why they asked me. So I I just sort of asked, asked my friends in Hong Kong and used, you know, just the logistics tools I'd had my whole career. And they were they arrived the next day. And then sooner or later, long story short, I know, long story wow. short, all these different organizations and medical organizations, hospitals, you know, corp- corporations, government entities were asking me if I could help them obtain these items too. And if I could train them on how to use them. And this was during the shortage. So like everyone was freaking out and nobody knew where to get the items, let alone how to use them. It sounds like you were, you were like this, this magic bullet for supporting a lot of different organizations during the most challenging time they'd ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's sort of strange, you know, now it seems very strange. Like why were they asking a fashion designer? And I actually asked them like that a few times. So my friend trained me on Zoom to learn how to use, use the test. And I was asked to, to train other people on how to use them. They were like, wow, you know, you really have a knack for this. Like, you should, you should think about getting into this, you know, full time. I was volunteering and utilizing some traditional laboratories uh, just, you know, throughout the whole process. And I just thought, you know, wow, this is pretty archaic. Um, there's mm. not really any tech here. Every time I call, nobody knows who I am. Every time I come, there's a different team member. No one seems to really be engaged and love their job. You know, they lost paperwork frequently. They lost the sample frequently. I was shocked at how often that happens. And then, you know, I didn't know. Like, I think, you know, most of us who don't work in in medical or, or science, you know, aren't aware that, you know, the the medical companies actually have very little to do with with the sample sample processing. So once the sample, right. yeah, right, I, I didn't really know. So once once the sample is picked up from the doctor, it's sort of like the wild west out there, and the doctor sends it to Quest, and like 
they don't they don't really know anything as until and they're they're finished but the the duration of time it takes can take anywhere from a couple hours to a couple of weeks and you're sort of beholden to waiting so as a patient when you're calling your doctor asking like when is my test coming back you know they, they might not have much control over that it's a totally different organization so so then I learned that, you know, a lot of the startups that were medical related and telehealth and concierge, so that's none of them have a lab or, or, you know, or at least most of them don't. And none of them are really happy with using a traditional, you know, the dinosaur of, of the lab industry for their, you know, fast and beautiful uh, medical service or, or, you know, product that they've built. So I said, what if we built a lab like a startup? from the ground up and utilized tech and had startup culture where everyone was happy and had an environment for growing and learning and understood everything that was going on, you know, like, you know, how early stage startups work. And I just didn't see a lab like that out there. So, so that's how Gather Labs was, was, was born. Wow. It's incredible. I mean, it's just a, a bizarre journey, but just like me getting to, you know, building fabric, these stepping stones along the path really do make a lot of sense. Like you did go from traditional fashion, but then you had a medical fashion kind of crossover piece. The time that you spent in Hong Kong, which gave you the access, it all really is all building blocks to building gather labs. It's just incredible. Do you look back and think, yeah, this makes sense? Or do you still think it's a weird, wacky journey? To me, it makes sense. Um, This is just my life. I never, you know, made a decision of, you know, hey, what kind of startup am I going to build next? you know, let's do something in healthcare. That, I don't remember that being a conscious thought. I remember just kind of going with the flow. And I never had the thought of like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do this. You know, I saw professionals along the way. I got as much education as I possibly can. I'm sitting in the Abbott, Abbott lab, laboratory diagnostics office now in a training, you know, for a new instrument that we have. I went back to UCLA and became an EMT. Not that I'm going to you know, work as an EMT, but it gives you sort of a basic understanding of medical. So, you know, I read tons and tons of clinical trials, volunteered, helped where I could, helped my friends' companies, tried to learn as much as I can, you know, but I'm an entrepreneur. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, you know, with private securities companies for, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. So, you know, my background is running, you know, legal and and finance and building a product Mm -hmm. and bringing a product to life. So that's the same here. That process is the same here, no no matter what it is that I'm doing. Like, do you think a physician should should run legal and finance if they don't have any experience? (laughs) That's a very good point. It's a very, very good point. Rachel, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoying the episode? I certainly hope so, but we have no way to know unless you tell us. After this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and let us know what you love and what you want to hear next. This podcast is all about you and how else are we going to elevate your brand unless you talk to us? Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I'm chatting with Rachel McCreary, who is the founder of Gather Labs. For the break, you were sharing with us a little bit about your very interesting journey to get to where you are today. And uh, what is the big picture for the brand? Is it a multi-state rollout? Like, what are you looking at in terms of your leveraging this incredible proprietary process that you've built, you know, for the future? So Gather Labs, we call it the Apple Store of testing because it, it looks like an Apple Store. Mm-hmm. It's super beautiful and high tech. You can come to the counter and talk to someone. Uh, just like you can at an Apple store or even a Starbucks. It's atypical of labs. And when you come in, we say, hi, how are you? Welcome to Gather Labs. 
not name date of birth insurance, right? It makes us feel like we're a number. So we're just trying to personalize the, you know, the element of diagnostic testing to make it a friendly space where you can share or ask questions or, you know, just, just enjoy being the more, the easier and the more enjoyable it is to get test tested, the more people will, will get tested, which helps, you know, everyone, you know, where we're going is our flagship location is in Beverly Hills on Robertson Boulevard. And, uh, we intend to, to duplicate that. We have been a full molecular lab until recently. We also um, now have serology and hematology. And we are perfecting our operations and then duplicating it across California. You know, we, we aim to be, to be nationwide over the next few years and have a brand that people recognize for, you know, if you have to get a diagnostic, at least it should be, you know, safe and fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that there's so many different things to unpack there about why this is a better process. Um, you know, that high touch experience, we've all been in those lab testing environments and they just don't give a crap. They don't, you don't treat, you're not treated like a human person, which is wild since you're literally having such a scary experience. I'm one of those people, I have the vasovagal reaction for those of you that don't know, that's when you like almost pass out or can pass out when blood is being drawn or anything else. And it's a really intense process for a lot of people. So to be in an environment that just feels so cold and medical clearly what you saw was that there needed to be a better way. So I'm so grateful that you figured that out and that you're um, bringing that to the masses and you're growing so quickly right now. So if anyone wants to get involved, and that was one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast today is how you're continuing to fundraise. It's a, a never ending journey as I well know. So if anyone wants to get involved with you on that side, how can they reach out? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can you can find us on gatherlabs.com and on Instagram at gatherlabs. And then my Instagram is nycbella. And then I'm Rachel McCrary on LinkedIn. We have, you know, sort of exceeded, we were bootstrapped early, kind of exceeded our uh, expectations for year one. We are profitable. We are in early talks for our series A. We have a lot of interest in our soft circle for most of it. Uh, we'd love to talk to any strategic partners in California. Uh, we were invited to pitch to Y Combinator recently and just participated at the JP Morgan conference in San Francisco. And we have a lot going on. And if anyone has any thoughts, questions, or feelings, we love to talk about anything, uh, diagnostics or, or not. So come visit us on Robertson Boulevard in Beverly Hills. Uh, it's awesome. And I, I, again, like, I think there are so many um, companies that are not, that are female led that are in like the softer industries. And I just love that you're really taking on a medical category that historically has also been very male dominated. Um, your track record and what you've done in such a short period of time is absolutely incredible. And I'm just so honored to be a part of the journey. But what you heard here, for those of you listening in, is that this is not an opportunity that's going to be around for much longer because Gather Labs is going to get too big for us even in the next year, probably. It's going to be a, a big blow up or a big blow up, as they say. So really proud of the work that you've done, Rachel, and so honored to be a part of the process. Thank you. you know, we're, honored, we're honored to have you, and we're really proud to have a mostly minority-operated company, not just founded. We have, you know, we, we were able to raise our first round, which puts us in the 1.9% of women that, that raised capital last year. Anything that we can do to, to make those numbers a little, a little better. You know, we're, we're happy to do that. The more women that become comfortable, you know, talking about money and 
understanding how early stage private securities work. And you know, on either side of founding and, and investment, we we help even the playing field. And I'm yeah. sure people can come and ask you a couple a couple of freebie questions at any time as well. Uh, we're just here to to even the playing field. Yeah. So let's double click into that for a minute. So, um, you know, in terms of fundraising, give us a bit about what your experience has been like, because I know it's been a very challenging journey for you. You and I've had many conversations about raising as a, as a woman in a very male dominated industry. What are some of the best practices that you would share with uh, others going out to raise funding who also are, are, you know, running diverse led companies and who they themselves are diverse? It's a really different market. Like you said, that 1.9% number is abysmal. And the only way for us to change it is to have these kinds of conversations. That That is true. I had a very popular reporter ask me lately what I was willing to say, <laughs> how to answer that question. But, you know, we just have to keep it positive and keep it, keep it moving. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, it has become better for women since, since the Me Too thing. And that it might, I've even had people say things like, oh, it must be easy for you to raise money now. It's absolutely astounding. And that comes from a huge place of ignorance. And while I understand why, why people would think that from how things may be painted in the press, it's actually completely inaccurate, not true. Mm-hmm. And the only four companies that you see, you know, that come up in TechCrunch or Entrepreneur or whatever, those are the only four. <laughs> I'm, I'm generalizing, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just because you see one or two in the press, it doesn't mean that everything's okay. 1.9% is completely ridiculous. You know, and it's also been been strange during, during COVID. I, I think that we've been able to raise capital and continue to, to get meetings and, and, you know, have a positive you know, trajectory is because I had some experience in this before. So I already had a network. And then, you know, if people, you know, sort of ask around, they'll, they'll get, you know, some sound bites of my reputation of, you know, being transparent and, you know, trustworthy. I think if you didn't have that, it might be, it might be almost impossible, you know, you know, you still hear, like we, I spoke at a conference recently and they forgot about us. Mm. And I had prepared for, for, for over a month, just like everyone else. And, you know, they literally, wait, what do you mean? They forgot about you. Like they never called you up on the stage. They totally forgot you were having a set, like you were speaking. There was a screen outside and they complete, this is at the JP Morgan conference. I will say that they forgot to add us to the screen outside of the rooms where you speak. And they Mm. forgot to add us to the program despite me flying there from another country and spending thousands of dollars and having my team there, you know, to get there and prepare. They just forgot. And then they brought all wow. these people over. I know. And my chief of staff was like, why, why is it say, why doesn't it say gather labs? And every other company is here. You know, are we in some other category? Like, no, you're, you're in the same category as everyone else. Okay. Well, why are we not listed? Uh, I don't know. And then, you know, everyone was kind of upset and there were a lot of women around and I'm not saying it's because we were women, but whenever that, that, you know, women are often forgotten. So whenever those things happen, it's just a little bit of a trigger because you're used to being the one that, that is forgotten and has more to prove and the bar is higher and you're ignored, you know, or treated like you're, like you're stupid or like you don't know what you're doing. And I've been doing this for 20, I've been, I've been in business for, for 20 years in one way or another. Um, and my Mm -hmm. IQ is 150 and I have about six different degrees. So you know, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. Yes, I, don't. I love it. Own it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, you should. You know, I'm going to stick up for myself. That There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And sometimes there's no one else that will. So, so we have to, we have to be our own advocate and share our story and stick up for ourselves. Okay. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, 
And for, for everyone out there running conferences, don't, don't forget about the female startups. And you know what? Even if there's a smaller one that's smaller and less experienced than us, why don't we put them at the top and let them speak first and put them in the front of the stage and give them a chance and make them feel secure and confident and not like the forgotten thing at the end of the line? You know, how, what, kind of, what kind of speech do you think that how, – how do you think your pitch is going to go? after you're made to feel that way. If I didn't have this much experience, I probably wouldn't have gone on. Like there were my, some of my colleagues were crying in the bathroom. Like because yeah. it's it's not a big deal that you're not listed on the thing, but when it's the, the 50th time, you know, that's happened in everyone's respective career, it's just like it just it's just like a trigger, you enough know. Enough is enough. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, but I got up there and talked yeah, about that. You did it. Yeah. And and you got a great response from what we've heard. Uh, it, it was incredible. And it really speaks to your resilience as a founder, as a female founder, and as a leader in your space, which is, again, exactly why I wanted to have you on today. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to elevate your brand but not quite ready to sign with an agency? We're not mad about it. In fact, we think it's a really smart marketing move to make sure that you're ready before you spend those big marketing dollars. And since we're such a solutions-oriented team, of course, we came up with a solution for you. We created a nine-course educational webinar series that will kickstart your marketing strategy. This series was made for startups and small businesses who want to implement strong branding and establish smart marketing strategies from social media to search and beyond. Go to embpod.co forward slash webinar to sign up today. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, chatting with Rachel McCreary, who is the founder of Gather Labs. Rachel, I love how passionate you are about this concern and issue, which is one of the things that we feel so strongly about is diversity and fundraising and really lifting up diverse-led, founder-led companies. Have you always had this passion or this was something that kind of evolved because of your own human experience? I, th I think that... I think it evolved from from my own human experience. I'm obsessed with the concept of we can all achieve a better life than what we were born into. I need to yeah. believe that as a human. I need to believe that as an American. I need to believe that as a woman. For anyone from, from any walk of life that's not necessarily a minority, that just wants something different or better than, than the cars that they were dealt. And I think that that's fundamentally the part of the quote American dream that that everyone's always looking for. And I think anyone that's from a harder path has at some point experienced, you know, sexism, racism, nepotism, you know, whatever. In order to to let all that go, shake it off and move forward, you need to have a belief that it's possible. Otherwise mm -hmm. you say to yourself, what am I doing? Am I fighting a fight that's not fair? Am I fighting a fight that can't be won? So all of that's in vain unless we're not. Unless, unless we do have a chance to get something better, unless we can achieve something impossible. I love startups. <laughs> it's deep. It's really deep. And it's really, it's a, it's a important and very hard conversation to have, you know? It is, you know, a lot of times I, I shine away from words like that because it immediately puts you in a category of all of that. I'm not, I'm not here to, to focus on anything negative, uh, only just, you know, everyone from, from anywhere, has experienced, you know, some type of, of adversity, you know, but, but do something, do something positive to put you back on the right path to support these kinds of companies, I think is what you're trying to say. Move forward. Yes. Forward momentum. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think that your story is so inspiring. Uh, I, again, I'm such a, a, I'm so honored to be having these conversations with founders like you and others that have come across the fabric, the fabric desk. 
in the last few minutes that we have left, I do want to shift focus and have a little bit of play and fun because it's a very hard conversation, as we said, and we want to make sure that we can also relate to each other as humans. And so this next round is what we call our quick fire. You ready? Ready. All right. So these are just like whatever comes top of mind. Uh, again, just bringing a little bit more humanity and some play. Like the truth is, this is a very intense conversation, but we also have, can't take ourselves too, too seriously. And we have to enjoy our lives and have a little bit of play and fun and joy along with trying to change the world. <laughs> it's a balancing act, as you well know. Um, so the first question is, what is the one thing that you could not have lived without during the pandemic? And you can't say your own product, service, or team. My dog. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? A Pomeranian. Oh, I love that. Yes, animals, We especially dogs, we don't deserve them. I've got two myself. Um, you'll have to come over and we'll have a puppy play date <laughs> when you're back in L.A. Next question is, if you could wave a magic wand and have anything happen for Gather Labs, what would that be? What would that look like? I would like all medical providers and institutions to, to know that we exist. Uh, they can choose to use whatever service that they like, but I would like them to know that a three-hour turnaround for any lab test is possible to improve their patient care. Mm. It's all about the end patient care. And if there was one person listening in on this podcast that could help change that for you, who would that person be? Or who would that, who would that maybe that title of a company be? Oh, like, like a company? If you wanted to call someone out and say, this is the person that we need to talk to that we can't get in touch with, or it's the COO of these three medical companies that need to reach out to us because you never know who's listening in on the podcast and who could have a connection point for you. Oh, well, we always hope that Oprah is listening to anything and knows about us. <laughs> um, that's the go-to. I have to say that's like the default go-to on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. One medical. I was there as a patient recently and you know, we were trying to get an ultrasound and we were having a hard time finding it the same day and the Gather Lab staff actually actually found it. And then we told them what we what we did and the nurse grabbed me and, and she was just like, How how can I use your services? How how can I use the services that you do have? Even though we don't have ultrasounds yet, hopefully soon. So so yeah, we love to work with one medical and then also any of the the, the mail-in tests, I hear from them all the time that it takes a long time for them to get their, their results. And if I was a customer for that, I, I would think that was like a fun thing. I kind of would be excited to, to receive back. So, you know, just all of them. Yeah, we'll turn your stuff around the same day. We love it. Awesome. I think Amazon just bought one medical and we've got some connections there. So we'll talk offline about that one. Next question is, if you drink, what is your go-to cocktail of choice? Aperol spritz. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows that's your that's your drink. Yes, they have one ready when you show up uh, for cocktail events. <laughs> yes. I I love an apérol spritz. I go half apérol because I think the, the I'm not sophisticated enough to appreciate the bitterness of it. So my my vibe on that is always the half apérol, and it's a it's a really fun, refreshing drink, especially on a hot summer day, which we haven't mm -hmm. had in a while. What's in that? What is that? No, it's just the, it's just half of the apérol, so it's not quite as bitter. Oh, more champagne and, and club soda. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yeah. yes. More champagne and club soda, exactly. But it's a, such a fun drink and such a fun color. I love it. Next question is, um, last question is actually, what is your favorite word and why? And this could be something that's had real meaning to you over time or a word that just pops into your head for our conversation today. Yes. And what does that mean to you? Why, why do you pick that word? I think anytime we get a yes, it makes us happy. Mm -hmm. I had a meditation teacher tell me once, that, you know, we don't need all these fancy mantras. Just just meditate with the word yes, because we get so many no's in this in this in this life that just manifesting more 
more yeses is sometimes a fun thing to do. Mm, I really feel that. I think as you're in fundraising mode, you know, we're in fundraising, fundraising mode also on, on the fabric side, you hear so many no's, but you just got to keep putting your one foot in front of the other because the yeses are coming. I really believe that. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Anytime you hear, yes, you may. Yes, I love you. Yes, you can. Like these are all, you know, things we all want to hear more often. Positive affirmations driving you towards your end goals, uh, which is exactly who you are, Rachel, and why I'm just so enjoyed having you on the show today. Any final words of wisdom for anyone looking to do what you're trying to do in, you know, in, as an investor or as a fundraiser, or as a female-led company, or as someone who's just a entrepreneur thinking about potentially doing something on their own? Yeah, you know, if, if you're if you're an investor in these in these scary times, maybe think about not doing so much pattern matching. And this might be a good time to just use your gut and like go with your gut and your instincts more than following paths that maybe don't really say the same thing in this world that they did in the world a few years ago. If you're an entrepreneur or you want to be, you know, if you want something, go get it. Trying is doing. Failure is just part of a process of, of getting to yes and is an education and a building block to get you to the next step. And, you know, just, just, I'm not going to say don't be afraid because there's no way that's possible, but learn to take a breath and enjoy the fear and turn it into excitement. If you have something in your soul or in your stomach that gives you butterflies, that means that's something that you should put out into the, into the world. And maybe you monetize it and maybe you don't, but you won't know until you try. Rachel, such a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Check out Gather Labs, gatherlabs.com. And of course, stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next.